Hi, this is Darren McCarty. And welcome to the FSF Popcast, your home for the all nerdy, no dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. Welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is one of the original members of the Detroit Red Wings grind line, a four-time Stanley Cup winner. And currently, you can watch him on Woodward Sports, and you have been able to listen to him as well on his own podcast called The Grind Time. And he also just happens to be my all-time favorite hockey player. Welcome to the show, Mr. Darren McCarty. Well, that'll get you everywhere, but I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, Tim. Uh, it's uh, always great to, to be here, Kathleen. It's always good. We're going to hang this over your brother's head. Oh, for so sure. It's, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> love what you guys are going. I'm a fan of the show, so I'm happy for it to be on. Oh, thank, thank you. you. We're, we're glad to have you here. So we're going to start off talking about, not about hockey, but some of the other things that you're doing these days. Um, and one of those things is the music that you've been making for the last 20 plus years with your band, Grinder. Now, <laughs> one of the things I read while doing research for having you on the show was an interview you did back in 2003 uh, for M with MTV. And I have to say, I nearly spit out my coffee because <laughs> there's a reference in there where you call uh, former Red Wings goalie Manny Legacy the band's best groupie. And that's where I spit my coffee. But you also quickly corrected it and said that he was uh, instead a Band-Aid, not a groupie. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. I was telling so, Manny. <laughs> so that had nothing to do with my question, but I had to make sure that I brought that up because it absolutely killed me. I, yeah, I had to spit my coffee out a little bit, but, uh, um, but anyway, uh, I was wondering if you could tell me about your musical background, what were the influences that make you want to be able to pick up a mic and stand up in front of people and, and belt your lungs out? Well, I think it goes with the fact of being an entertainer and, uh, for all the things that I've done, but even growing up is that I was a kid that sang rhinestone cowboy at Sunday school, you know, got up there and teacher said, what do you want to sing? And I sang Rhinestone Cowboys. So I guess performing or being under, you know, in front of people has always been part of who I am. Um, there's a band that I grew up in Leamington, Ontario, which is just outside Windsor mm -hmm. called the Hitmen. And uh, they used to have, uh, used to when I go back in the summer times and when I was a teenager playing junior and I used to mess around with those guys. Uh, a guy named Jody Rafula plays locally. Uh, his brother Sammy and I were buddies growing up and he's a big musician and stuff. And it's, I, you know, what it's from, Tim, it's, it's from not being afraid to try anything and do anything. And for me, it's about the connection. It's always about bringing people together. For me, when Grinder was put together, it was obviously uh, to do the benefit for Vladdy. And it was about raising money for Vladdy. And let's stick DMAC in front of a band. Billy Reedy, who is my the, the other founding member of Grinder to this day, Grinder doesn't operate without him. Um, and we were friends 30 years ago. So, it sort of evolved. One of my favorite terms is hiatus because I won't really quit anything, uh, but I'll put it on the shelf. And the band's been my lifelong hiatus. And it's served me different purposes to have it at different points in my life. Like early on to help Vladdy and really not knowing what you're doing and getting out in front of people and performing and sort of going through that, I don't know, deer in the headlights, you know, out of your league. But the thing is, I'm not scared. I'm fearless, you know, when it comes to things. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the rush. You know, I'm uh, the adrenaline of being on stage and performing in front of people. And then it just, it's always grown to, you know, my battles with, with alcohol and drugs and sobriety grinder at the time might not have been the best thing for my music career, but in hot or in, for my hockey career, because there was always in the middle two thousands, the lockout, when I got bought out, there was always this tension. Did I pay more attention to the band? Did I want to be a rock star a hockey player? And at that time, you know, 15, some years later, it was more of just, I didn't want to be Darren McCarty. And it was just okay. an escape. But it, but what it gave me 
with the tools that I've learned. It enabled me to use the band as therapy in writing songs, writing two albums, getting the stuff in my head out onto paper. I always tell people is that you can't lie to the person in the mirror. Don't lie to that person. And then you got to get what's in your head out somewhere. And whether that's writing it down and burning it, whether it's talking to somebody, whether it's writing music, lyrics, poetry, whatever else, you're not alone. That's the beauty of the band is that I've written two albums. And unfortunately, I don't know where the band would be today. If, if, if you see the tattoo on my arm here, James oh, yeah. Vian. Yeah. So that's Jim Anders who taught me pretty much everything I learned. He was a bass player and grinder and he died of a coronary edema. Right. On the phone to his wife back the, the day we were doing the CD release party. Supposed to be at the Royal Music Theater back in 2005. And when he died, it just was time to put the band up. Now we've played and done different things over the past 15 years and got mm -hmm. together, stayed close, but it's all a timing thing. And just the fact to be able to crack it open and bring it back out June 16th for the first time in Marysville in a few years. We played a few years ago up north. Mm -hmm. But it's just to be in a totally different headspace and attitude and stuff. And I'm very grateful because I think that, you know, so I have a band named Grinder, but to somebody else who's got a bass in their bedroom or a guitar or enjoys going to do karaoke or stuff like that, it's the same thing, mm -hmm. right? right? It's the same thing about the being able to express yourself or having the passion and I always say I try different things, and if I care enough, I'll get just to be good enough to not suck. And that's the, that's the goal. So, And the bottom line with the band, I got some of the greatest musicians in this area that back me. So I'm always bringing the, I'm always bringing the power behind me, whether it's the band, whether it's the comics on my comedy tour, whether, mm -hmm. it's, whether it's the medicine in my cannabis. I swear by everything that I do and the people that I stand behind and I do these things with. Cause yeah, I might be the name on it, but it's a team. Mm -hmm. And just like the Red Wing team, it's, it's building this team. And the beauty is, is that the people, everybody is somewhat a part of it because they always have been a part of it. And that is the connection that I feel that I have, not just with the band, but everything else, because it's all with the people. So I have a ton of hockey-related questions. Um, my older brother, Charlie, who actually introduced hey, Charlie. me. Charlie! <laughs> who introduced me to hockey and took me to my first game. When I said, hey, I'm interviewing Darren McCarty, do you have any questions for him? Literally sent me 26 questions that he wants to ask you. Oh, nice. And I'm like, I don't have time for all of those today, but it was it was pretty cool to read through his list. But yeah. I actually have a non-hockey related question I want to go to first. And you've already touched on it a little bit. So I want to talk about your cannabis line from Pinkana. Um, yes, ma'am. You have both CBD and THC products. So what inspired you to get your own line through Pinkana? And what should our viewers know about your line? So the Darren McCarty brand distributed through Pinkana. I have, obviously, I started with the CBD roll-on. Okay, so... My focus is cannabis as a medicine, mm -hmm. no matter how you use it. For me personally, it's a, I understand it's a, my number one keys are pain relief and sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Now, now that's my number one concern with the brand. Then, then it's the medicine for the THC for your head, whether it's through gummies or whatever else. But I first created my CBD roll-on, which is the hemp-based roll-on. It's the strongest, and I swear by it everywhere. Um, and it's I can it, because it's e-commerce because it's in a CBD line. I get to ship it uh, uh, to, to different places across the world and across this country, right? So that's for the topical. That's the roll-on. That's okay. if you. So that was number one, obviously. I have flour and all the flour that I have is stuff that I use mm -hmm. or, 
or through my education stuff that I want represented. The Pincan and the Radical Genetics Growers, who are, are, why did I get involved with them? Because they were ones that I'd been using the product with even before I decided to have the brand. And it was a relationship thing. So number one to me, it was about who could produce the best quality medicine, right? So, mm-hmm. so Brent uh, from Pincana and uh, Brian and Dave and Matt and all these guys, you put this in their, you put this in their hands. So then we created a gummy line and my gummy line is five different gummies so so i have one strictly cbd right so that's e-commerce that's just strictly cbd what i like to tell people is you know the roll-on the effect you get on the outside with a cbd gummy which is individually packaged right and they're all red because it's sort of like the matrix thing for Mm -hmm. the truth right but they're all individually packaged so if you want that cbd effect you get on the outside with the roll-on that's what you get on the inside. Then I have a one-to-one THC CBD I call game day, which are what I operate on every day. Then I have a straight THC, which is the power play and the party pack. And then I have two. One's a CBN, which is the sleep agent in the plant, the sedative, crossed with the THC, which will put you to sleep and give you a deeper sleep. We all want to catch up on our sleep and stuff like this. And we never have the opportunity. So it's about getting better sleep in a shorter amount of time. So getting efficient sleep. And then I have a CBD CBN combination uh, gummy, which is actually works a little bit lighter, but it's perfect for the, like for the, I would use that through the week. And use the other one on the weekends or in a night that I know I could get a few more hours of sleep. For me being an alcoholic insomniac, this plan has saved my life. So I tell everybody is all you have to do is Google me to see how, and I see my red wing in the background. I protected my teammates and fought for that jersey while I got the cannabis plan on, and I'll do the same thing. And even more so because this is about life or death. You know, the tinctures, the drops, it's all about figuring out your application. I'm in the process now of separating is having the brand, which you see here, which is more of the standard into the, the Dara McCarty. You have to check it's the premium cannabis, um, which has a more personal level, which is more to, I guess, to distinguish my taste and I guess more of the the plant and the flower and, and sort of the aesthetics that we all like. To me, it's not, I got a couple sayings. I got a lot of sayings, but it's get educated, get medicated, and don't tell me what, tell me who. So I don't need to I don't need to know that you're smoking Van Helsing. What I need to know is you're smoking Pincana van helsing right because why do you do that because it's the same way as i can help you educate yourself because if something you find that you got if you go to a dispensary or you find something that you smoked or you've used with the brand on it it is more than likely not always but i would say 85 to 90 percent of the time that if it works with your endocannabinoid system on one product, it might not be the flavor or the certain way, but that grower, that medicine is agrees with your system. So we're going to investigate that line. If it's, if it's Pincana and it's a Dara McCarty brand, that's great. If it's not, maybe it's the Lemonati, you know, which, I have every, I have more, or maybe it's a heavyweight head. You know, like if, if we're trying to find what works for everybody else. And then, you know, that's why it's all about that education. And I tell people I'm not, I'm I'm here to either fight or answer your question. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's the whole thing. It is it's my true calling in this life with all the stats or whatever, because this plant saved my life. 
I know that so far with, with just different people on a small scale that I know that has given them an option. Because here's the thing, I don't care if you do or you don't. In fact, I, EMAC prefers you don't. So there's more for him. But Darren, <laughs> but Darren McCarty, right, wants to, you to know, did you know you have an option? And you tell me, yes, then I move on. Because the addict in me, the worst thing as an addict is to feel hopeless and never think you had an option. Well, to me, I live by the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, except my program has a garden. And if you're like me, let's, let's chop it up. Let's talk. Let's go. Yeah. You know, see what it is. And, and think about this. If you're kind of friendly, it's the minute you find something that you love, like, and you minute thing you want to do is share it with your friends or share hey check this out dude you, you gotta try this you nothing else is like that right nothing else is like that yeah you can have a beer once i've had mine yeah if you're in other stuff wait till i get mine not a chance you're getting you know right. so the education's out there i'm living proof you can't tell me different and it's just aligning the like-minded people um and the people so uh, I'm grateful to have gotten to this point with Pencana and who knows what the future holds. But the, the bottom line too, Tim and Kathleen, is the addict in me is that if I have, this is how God works in my life. If he doesn't make it about me and makes it about everybody else, which cannabis is, mm-hmm. then, I, then, then I will flourish, right? Because the, we don't want DMAC. We don't want Darren being DMAC. We want him being Darren. But it's also too is the message and the and the truth that it can spread for for people that didn't have the option, right? And, it, and right. it's just it's that's what it's about, and that's why I'm grateful to Michigan and the people here for being alive. Because if the, the rules and the laws weren't weren't the way that they are, then then it wouldn't happen. And the bottom line is why I have a brand is so I can have it in every dispensary in the state so I don't have ever an excuse to use. My medicine is always available somewhere. There you go. That's a really good reason. I think what got me was when I learned about your line, and I'm like, wait, Pinkana? I live 15 minutes north of Pinconning. There's a Pinkana facility in Pinconning. And I'm like, oh, it's local. Like, that just, that makes it even cooler that as a Michigander, it's local. Oh, that it's is, right there. Exit. That is local jobs. That is local economy. That's huge well it is and if you look at the monolith of that it's willy walker's weed factory it seriously <laughs> is it's 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 the most amazing place and the fact it's right off exit 181 going north mm-hmm. if you're going north look out your left after you cross the overpass and you'll see the big bright p but you're right and and that's what and hats off to the communities like Pinconning, like calcasca you know, like down here at Hazel Park and for for understanding that it's a bigger, it's bigger than everything else. So my purpose and my goal now is how how do I do laps of this great state? Just letting people know that they do they have an option and to yeah. provide them in different formats because everybody doesn't consume the same. Right. All right. So let's talk podcaster to podcaster. Now, you've had a show called Grind Time for some while. Uh, I believe right now it's on hiatus. But uh, your lead show, your lead page on your website, rather, said that you like doing this show because writing books takes too long. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I have I have your your other book and I love your book. Uh, some very cool behind the scenes stories, some tough stories in there as well. But it's it's very good. And, and you share a lot of your own truth through that. Um, but I was wondering if you would be willing to take us on a bit of a walkthrough uh, with your show and so that our audience can know what your show is about and who they could expect to hear you talk to on that show. Yeah, well, Grind Time with Darren McCarty, like I said, takes too long to write the book, even though Kevin Allen, who I wrote the first book with, we are in the process of working on another one. Just to let people know time frame wise. At the end of the first book, which I wrote, started writing 10 years ago, I was still drinking. I haven't had a drink since November 11, 2015. So over six, six years and whatever. That goes back to the cannabis talk. But with grind time, 
it's I always say that's mine. It's about interviewing and talking and having conversations that I want to have with some of the people that you know that I know. So I've had teammates on there like Ozzy and Drapes and Maltz and Joey mm-hmm. and and like teammates and stuff like that. But it's also to dive into the other world, the other worlds that I live in, comedians, music, wrestling. When I get you know, grind time back up. If anybody that knows me, the huge part of my involvement in the independent wrestling scene, especially in Michigan, but more so the hardcore death, death match wrestling. Why I get involved with that, which, which on the same way, I want to know what makes people tick. I got to mm-hmm. know the why. Grind mm-hmm. time with Darren yep. McCarty's. I got to know your why. I don't need to know the right or wrong. I'll figure that out. I need to know what makes you tick. At the end of the day, what I find out and I I get to the bottom of it's the same thing. What do you put in to get out? But getting back to the wrestling thing is is why I'm so involved is because I'm involved because I want the cannabis. That's the biggest promotion for these guys that beat the crap out of each other and put on a show for for less than minimum wage uh, for the time that they're out there uh, for the love of it. Um, I want the good ones to not only have the access to good medicine, but also to, you know, I'm a huge wrestling fan my whole life. So it's about storylines. And I've met some of the best people throughout this great country and in other countries too that I've been involved with. So um, the the short answer to grind time with Darren McCarty is I got to know your why. I got to know your why. Cause we got to compare is like, and if you know what makes you tick and stuff like this, just to inspire people to manifest their own reality and to know that we're close, we're more similar than we are different. And that's what I try awesome. to get out of my guests is maybe the people that I know or I don't know, but there's, there's always something that intrigues me on different things. Like, like my, one of my mentors and people I've looked up to and I could call a friend is Chris Jericho. So okay. I just follow and And what I tell everybody is, Man, I don't know if this is the way to do it, but it's worked for me. All I ever wanted to do since I was like a teenager playing hockey is be Rick Tockett, right? Because he, he was a captain of Philly. He could yeah. fight. He could score. He was a leader. That's all I wanted to do. So I was going to do whatever Rick Tockett did. I wanted, I, I love wrestling. I love music. I love people. I love, you know, the cannabis Chris Jericho, how's he doing? What's he doing? What is everybody else doing? It's all about doing the reps, but it's passion. Sure. Why, why is talk is Jericho so successful? Because no matter who he talks to, he's passionate about the conversation. So that's what it is. So I don't I love really, it. yeah, I don't really, there's no borders on other than you got to be a good dude or do that. Like a good go. person with a story or something that, that you respect and have a compassion. So it's just bringing to light. And and sometimes I think I'm able to, because I know a lot of people that maybe some people don't get the right idea of. Let me take, for example, for the 25th anniversary of Fight Night at the Joe, what I wanted was to sit down and watch the game that year with Claude Lemieux and have him talk about whatever. Because why? Because... This is Claude Demieux is the person that I, Darren McCarty, hated the most in this world. That wanted dead. That would have, that would have done anything to him that he possibly could to avenge the disrespect that mm-hmm. he put on my friend Chris Draper. Not the hit, the disrespect. Mm-hmm. This was all about respect, right? Understood. So over the twenty-five years, I've come to know Claude in a different way, and said, "Oh my gosh, man." If you step on the ice with this guy, even to this day, and you turn your back, you're an idiot. But off the ice, he's a good dude. <laughs> and 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 get to know on how March 26th sort of, it was, it could be therapy for everybody. Even the fans, even my people, to understand mm-hmm. how can DMAC do autograph signings with this guy when we, when we hate them, when we hate them. Yes, and stuff. So it's about the respect and to be able to have that conversation. Anybody wants to see it, you go on Darren McCarty YouTube channel or check out Darren McCarty Claude Lemieux, where we sat down and you realize, man, that affected him, not only his legacy, 
but it affected him in so many ways mm-hmm. that when he says not only does he not remember finishing the March 26th game, right? He thought he was out with a concussion or whatever. And the fact that he had an armed security guard outside his hotel room for three years, I said, good, you deserved it. It's about respect. Really but, but yeah, I can't disagree with that either. But 25 years later, it's a lesson in life. Don't forgive, or you can forgive because it's for yourself, but don't forget. And I think it's a life lesson, you know, and it <laughs> took a long time. So if there's lessons to be learned, man, I just turned 50. I mean, I've done things that I'm not proud of. I've done things the wrong way. I'm just trying that to use the knowledge that I have because I've been around some of the, the greatest and most knowledgeable people in my life, you know, like, and it's just trying to make some of the ones that aren't here any longer proud, even because when they were here, maybe I didn't make them as proud as I should have, but now I know I am. So, but I'm just thinking I'm never afraid to lead the way. I'm never afraid to to strip down Will Ferrell naked and run old school. (laughs) Running the bag, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm seeking, right? Dude, I'm leading the way. But if that helps other people, no matter because where I've gone wrong and maybe broken bones, if they only get band aids, then I've done my job. There you go. I think one of the things on our show that, that many people may not understand about it is that even though on the surface we're an interview show. Um, we're looking for stories. We're always looking for the story of the why. Like you said, mm-hmm. looking for the why. I want to yeah. know when I bring somebody on, even with you, even though you're my favorite hockey player and I've I've had the opportunity to talk with you in person twice before and I've always enjoyed the conversations that I've had with you. You know, I still want to know, okay, so he was in this band. What was the reason for it? What was the, what was the intent behind it? Why was he doing it? You know, all these yeah, different and, things. And, you and know? here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing because... If I put my mind to things, I will accomplish them. So if Jim doesn't die, I'm not saying, but I'm saying that the band might have, you know, got to a level, like a, to whatever it is because of the talent of the guys or the passion put into it. Right. But it was, it, it was, it, it was a harsh reality of, of life at that moment, but it was a passion project. And I think more so nowadays, yeah, because what I learned is to not stop writing because I don't write the music. What happens is that the boys will write some licks or something either. Hey, what do you think of this? I got this idea. And then I'll be like, Hey, guess what? I got, dude, remember that girl back in whatever that I was pissed off about? Yeah. I got one. We'll be filed through this. Oh, let's see. <laughs> so it's therapy in a lot of ways. And now the fact that we're, we've sort of all, you know, survived a, a few tours of this life. Now we know, you know, that there's no glamor glitz to make it anywhere. It's just a play for ourselves and play for everybody and to bring out moments. Right. Yeah. It just gives me another caveat. So the, so what's the band for the bands to bring out people and to bring out like it always has been. If I could take a couple hours out of your, out of your day where you can forget about all the BS or whatever else, and we can go back memory lane or understand, you know, that we're connected a little bit more. And there's things that, you know, we're, we're human. Yeah. And I think over COVID that I had to really learn how to uh, be an introvert and be by myself. And it was the greatest thing for me. I didn't mind it. It was weird to begin with, but then I started to sort of, you know, enjoy it and, and realize what I, what I wanted as a priority. So, you know, like I said, the, the band was great though, Tim, because the first time I stepped on stage to do the comedy, it hit me like that wave. And it was like, Oh man, now I know what the band was for. And now I got a microphone and I don't got to hold a note and I don't got to worry about these guys. And I got one person here. Oh, you guys are dead. You guys are dead. <laughs> D-Max never met a microphone he doesn't like. And now somebody's paying attention. Boom. Game over. So that's it. Awesome. I got a question for you, Tim. Yeah. What's your favorite Funko behind? Ooh. Oh, that's easy. That's uh, 
I can show it to you real quick. Hold on. Yeah, please, please. So, Ooh, Kathleen, do you see how easy accessible it is? See how so, that was, boom, right in the gunny sack? That was like the holster. Yeah. So, my, right. I am a massive Star Wars fan. And Happy Fourth, bro. May the exactly. Fourth, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Today's, <laughs> hold on. I got excited. Let me go. Grab. Today's my nephew's uh, fifth birthday. Oh, cool. He was born awesome. on May 4th. Hold on. This is what my nephew KJ got me for my 50th birthday. He got me the Luke Skywalker and the Darth Vader. So that, cool. The oh, swords awesome. light up. The swords light up. So I'm not jealous. It's fine. Um, yeah. So uh, Funko. So one of my favorite characters uh, happens to be Old Man Rex from Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. And oh, wow. I actually happened to find this at Monroe Pop Fest last September. That's my boy Gary. Yeah, so at, at uh, Gary's show there, um, I was walking around, and I, I I I know I made one Funko Pop dealer's day because I spent a whole lot of money with him. Um, as a matter of fact, Kathleen got a discount on her next purchase because I bought so much. Um, watch, hey, watch this promo right here. Oh, but, my gosh, Tim. You got that at the Monroe Pop Fest, which is in September down in Monroe, and that means that, oh, you could probably find – Lots of treasures down there for your every pop enthusiast. I'll actually be down there, so I'll be looking with you. Will we? We'll go. Will we? Let's go on an adventure together. Absolutely. Let's see what we can find. Yeah. So yeah, but, uh, so yeah. Old man, old man Rex from Star Wars Rebels. As I have had a hard time finding that. I haven't been able okay. to find it since, and I'm very excited about that one. I know. I just flip flopped this a little bit, but I need a little bit more behind that. Why old man Rex? Uh, because with everything that happens in Star Wars and, and Order 66, when that, when that gets executed, you know, he was one of the ones that that didn't follow through with it. He had already pulled his, his chip. He was and he was willing to stay on the fight. And I love his story progression through the end of Clone Wars into Rebels. And it's actually been confirmed now that in uh, Return of the Jedi that the old man standing off to the side with the gray beard is Captain Rex when the empire ah. goes down. And so I just love his story progression that through and through, he was there to fight for the good guys. And, mm -hmm. and he had, and much for the same reason, I respect you. He has his teammates backs. He has his partners backs. He was there to fight with them till the end. I love it. I love it, man. That's so that tells us a lot about, about, and that makes sense. Like you said, that's your why. Boom. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem, bud. Because so, that's the best part about Star Wars. Right? That's the best part talk to about, everybody about it. Well, well, that and like if we want, like can we just sorry, I know you're gonna ask me something, Kathleen, but 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 the Mandalorian, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Boba Fett, mm -hmm. all the like you see to Kathleen's point the way that they've revived it, but there's so, oh, Grogu! <laughs> Little G, wait, hold on. Oh, I got a Grogu mug around here somewhere. Oh, my, my cup oh, is also Grogu. There it is. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. No, but I love it, but, but like even from, you know, uh, new characters and new series and all that stuff to the old, every secondary, third, fourth, fifth, if you delve into it, the storyline doesn't add guy in green. If there's somebody in the Star Wars that you notice, like they make a point, give them a name or whatever, mm -hmm. there's an intricate backstory. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like if you delve into it, there's an intricate backstory, and that's what I love. Yeah, it is a that's very well flushed out universe, which yes. is good because we're Star Wars fans. We want more Star Wars content. Give us more Star Wars content. We all we always do. We yeah. always do. I was just watching some stuff about. You know, uh, the conspiracy theories on Star Wars and mm -hmm. Jar Jar Binks was he a Sith Lord? And, yes, he was. You know, all this. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was too, because you know, you're not that lucky, but with everything, how he influenced everybody, if you look at the timeline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. because he's from Palpatine's home country. Oh, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of stuff to tie it in together. And because everybody had to know. The whole Star Wars universe would hate this guy, right? In a different sort of hate. Because mm -hmm. it said he ruined the movie, but he didn't ruin it really because he was in it. He ruined it because he's the Sith Lord. 
He's messing with stuff. Messing it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I have to say that I don't entirely hate Jar Jar Binks because I was a kid when the movies came out. I was I was born in 92. So when <laughs> episode one came out, she's I know. A, she's a baby. I am. Oh, 91 days until I turn 30, though. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, so I mean, Jar Jar Binks was written for my my age group at that point. So he was a fun character when the first when the prequels came out. Now I'm like, no, he's awful. He's obnoxious. He's terrible. But Kathleen, you have that shot. You have that young brain where you saw Star Wars one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it four, five, six. Well, one, two, I did three. see. I did see four, five, six. Originally? And then one, two, three. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, thank you. My, Thank goodness. You're my parents, proper. <laughs> my You're parents are nerds. Proper. My brothers are nerds. My sister's a nerd. We're a family of nerds. It just, it, it happens, which is all so good. You, you were saved, child. You were saved. I because was. Talking to my kids where they didn't see it that way, it's like they never really got into it. And I don't think yeah. you get into it unless you get the Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia right off the rip. Yeah, no, I, we, we watched four, five, six long before... We went and saw one in theaters, but I love them all. They're all Star Wars, yeah. except for episode nine. I'm not counting that as Star Wars yet. Yes, it is. You should, you I'm not there it. yet. <laughs> all right, but we do actually have hockey-related questions for the hockey player, surprisingly. All right. <laughs> so, like I mentioned earlier, my brother gave me a list of like 26 questions that he wants to ask you, but... Two of the one, two of them that got my attention were how important do you think mental health is to hockey players? And do you think the NHL is taking the mental health of its players seriously? How can I? Yes, I think it's so important. I think, you know, obviously we're all aware of concussions, but that's not really the mental health as much as everything else. It's the same answers. <clears throat> I, how, how can I call them? And I'm not on the inside of doing whatever. But in my opinion, it's the same as anything else. All the league, all the professional leagues don't do enough. Yeah, you know, no, there's never enough done because it's always follow the money. So now concussions insurance and it follows this. So you never know it. if it was truly about the concern and welfare and health and wellness of human beings. There's a whole bunch of laws that have been changed. Starting with the cannabis law. That's mm-hmm. not. It's it's concussions. I think that the leagues are more aware or better with what they've implemented. I think mental health, it's talked about more. It's, it's more on the forefront. So I think it's getting there, but there can never be enough because if somebody's suffering or people are suffering, then it's not, that it's not that. I think that there are resources, but it's, it's all about trust. And at the end of the day, it's about the person looking in the mirror and wanting to get the help and if they can get the help. So in 2022, I think that things are in place, but there's never, there could be more done. If there's always could be more. Yeah. Fair enough. I totally I think see fair. that. So one of the things that when I mentioned to a couple of people that we, I would be talking to you, of course, everybody's first response is they want to, oh, you're going to ask about the 97 and 98 brawls against the avalanche. And I, my response was, no, we're not going to talk about that unless it happens to go that way. But I did want to ask you another question about playing against Patrick Waugh or how I like to call Patrick Roy, because I really can't stand him. Uh, but he's often regarded as one of the best to ever play the game. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. However, it bugs the living tar out of me that Chris Osgood is not in the hall. And many say that he benefited uh, from the team that played in front of him. Oh, stop. 400 wins, three cups, two E backstop. What do you think right here? I listen, listen, don't even get me started. Okay. Because somebody tried to put me over. Somebody tried to put me over the edge about Dylan Larkin being the captain. And I challenge anybody to fist fight. Anybody who doesn't think Chris Osgood's a Hall of Famer, that I'm. I will die on that hill more than Sergei Fedorov, which is the next thing about his jersey retired. But I'll die on the Aussie hill first, right? Because that's the biggest joke. 400 wins, three cups. Yeah, I don't understand. Backstopped. I don't understand I don't how care. he's not in the hall. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get it because you know the first comment that they make is that oh well, well you know Osgood had this amazing team in front of him. You don't think that that Patty Roy had an amazing team in front of Tim, him when he played with the Canadians? Tim, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do an exercise, you and I, right now. All right, let's and do it's it. It's called what? What does Darren McCarty do when he's having a bad day or gets in a moment like this? What he does is he takes three deep breaths, and then he thinks, "Man, it could be worse," because you could be. Patrick Roy. And what do I mean by that? Not because I scored the hat trick and, and owned him. He is a Hall of Fame goalie, but that's only exhibit one. But he got his butt kicked by a 50-year-old midget cowboy in Mike Vernon, exhibit two, and then came back the next year and got his butt kicked even worse by a 12-year-old Chris Osgood who never had a fight except against his six-year-old sister at Christmas and she kicked oh. his ass. <laughs> So, I mean, gosh, darn it, I feel better because you know what? It could always be worse. It could be Patrick Roy, Tim. So that's, that's awesome. how. That, I need that on a shirt, Tim. It could, it be, worse. be, worse. It could be Patrick Roy. <laughs> Exhibit A, B, and C. Oh, Ooh. I love it. That is the best answer. And that was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I am a huge Aussie fan. I don't know if you can see it, but on my wall there, I've got him saving the saving against Hosa. So Ozzy and I came in together, right? We came right. in to Adirondack together. So we lived, I lived above, he lived below with Mike Castleman. So every night in Adirondack, we would play Sega Genesis and oh, drink awesome. and spit sunflower seeds and play to all ends of the night. We used to have these Gatorade bottles that we'd wrap in tape and who'd ever win. I was Chicago. Ozzy was Vancouver and Cass was Washington. And then we always do this and that we did that. So I've known Ozzy, been with Ozzy. He's one of my favorite human beings. If you asked me if I had one goalie for one game, I'm going with Ozzy. You say, how do you do that against Hastic? And it's, I'm living and dying with this guy. Even though he is the biggest practical joker in the world. I mean, what do I mean by that? I'll give you an example. He liked to sew your car keys into your pants pocket. <laughs> now, I don't know if you've ever had that done. No, I haven't. You can't. So you're not using regular little thread either. It's like hockey thread, right? <laughs> into your jean pockets or your short pockets. That's cool in the summer, but you can't get your pocket. You have to rip your pocket open or whatever. Like you can't get your hand in there. You got to take your pants off. It's cool until he does it when it's minus 20 out and you're gone commando and then the door <laughs> locks behind you and you're standing naked in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And That's he did, awesome. And, and he pick on somebody else every day. And, and he's always perfect with the, the, the tide is high and everybody's expecting it. And then just as it goes down, bang, he just, he's just, he's unbelievable. So That's he should fantastic. be in the Hall of Fame. I'm impractical jokers. That's yeah. super fair rate on that show. There you go. In your NHL career, I looked this up. I checked the NHL's website. You racked up an impressive 1,477 penalty minutes. 11 of those, March 26, 1997. Nice. 11 in one. Already, that's that's one, impressive. No, that's not even because I only got four minutes for roughing on Lemieux. I didn't even get a five-minute major for that. You didn't. I fought Denmark later in the game, but that's no. No, Actually, the fact 20, that you only got 11 27, minutes. 36, you know, 82. That's impressive. Go look at Proby and Joey back in the day. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. You, you know, know, the the March 26, 1997 game is my first, like, major hockey memory. My dad and my brothers watching it on TV and freaking out during the fight. And I'm like, I love it. I was I was almost five and I'm like, I have no idea what's wrong with you guys right now. Why are you yelling at the TV? Like, but, na but now you understand. Now I understand. I have, well, you understand earlier, but, but yeah, well, I mean, I went to my first um, minor league game when I was 11, when I was in high school, I wrote a six page persuasive paper on why the NHL should allow fighting in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan and a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, I so love to see that. I love to see that paper, Kathleen. I might have it on a flash drive still. I've got like three or four pa- paragraphs in that paper just about the Bertuzzi incident and why that wasn't Bertuzzi's fault. Yeah, like no, do you know what? I went the, into it. Right. Well, the whole thing with the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore, is the fact that when Nicolition jumped on Bertuzzi's back, that's what drove his head into the ice. Exactly. Right. It was not I mean, Bertuzzi that did it. It was well. Here's everybody the piled on top of him. Right. And, but that's the whole, if he spun him around or came from the front, that's never the, uh, you're never gonna, listen, here's the one thing you have to understand, good or bad, right? And I'm part of probably the biggest assault, um, turn the other way moment in NHL history, mm-hmm. right? Because of who it was against, because Paul Dvorsky was the ref of the game when Lemieux hit Draper into it. Because every because it was 1997, because he could do that at the time, right? I just wasn't supposed to score the overtime winner, right? It was supposed to send a message, which it did, but I wasn't supposed to score the overtime winner, right? Unfortunately, you know, I did, and I'm not arguing. But others, you understand the why to it. Mm -hmm. It's just that they were looking, and here's the thing: if that happened in '97. It's and it's and it's unfortunate because you never want any guy to get hurt like that. Right. Right. It's just an unfortunate situation, but I'm glad that you can see what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. It's got and its place in saw. the game. It's a physical I call it game. Like I see. Well, right. It's uh, then you get. I mean, we could send send here, and then I could break down to. Well, I'll tell you why because in the old school written boys book. They were going to do this. And plus, all I'll just say is badminton hockey. So they were changing. It's the timing of it. When you're trying to make a change and trying to make a point, just like in the opposite way, Lemieux, they were trying to make a point that he was the biggest cheap shot guy. Not just like ask Cam Neely, ask, you know, all these other guys that he's cheap shotted. That was Mm -hmm. a penance. It works the opposite way at the time. So it's unfortunate that Todd had to bear as much of the brunt of what he did. Yeah. yeah he got the full so, weight on his shoulders for that one. He did. But with those 1,477 penalty minutes, other than the 1997 game, who was your favorite person to fight against? And was there anybody that you would not pick a fight with? Well, yeah, there's guys that you didn't want to fight. Like, you don't want to fight the Tony Twists and the... You know, the the, mo- the monsters that can break your face. The fact is that you had to at certain points mm-hmm. is the embrace your suck part of the job. So you, <laughs> you try to pick somebody that couldn't kill you. Yeah. If you score goals, you get paid. But if you get scars, girls like you. That's just, <laughs> that's just the way it is. That is just how it works. That's just how it works. Fair enough. So, so you got to, you know, I'm always looking for the positive. I'm always here to point out the positive. Yeah, well, my favorite fight is when you get a hold. Like, I always, wa- I always just wanted to be Robin to Bob Probert's Batman. Like, if I fought my guys my size or smaller or whatever, I usually did pretty good. So I was like, I got my hands on Matthew Barnaby one time in Colorado and gave him a good whooping. So that was fun because he was a bit of a rat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So that that one brings back memories. There you uh, go. All right, Darren, we have one final question for you. We call it our silly question. And so tonight, this one, typically we go a little more silly than this, but I left it at a hockey question. And it's a, which one would you do over? Would you beat the wheels off of Claude Lemieux again in 1997? Or would you score the Hattie on Roy in the 2002 playoffs again, if you could only pick one? Oh, it's got to be Lemieux. Thank you. Okay, good enough. It's got to be Lemieux because that's <laughs> the, I'm a, it's the same thing as which goal. It's that goal. If somebody else was going to score, we're going to win the game. I didn't have to score the goal. We had to win the game. So I'm not giving that back because I can't, you know what I'm saying? We got to mm-hmm. go with the, and the, and that Lemieux thing, that's Red Wing D-Day. Because yeah. here's the thing. When I scored that goal, not only did I slay the, slay the dragon, get the girl, but it was at the end of the game. It was a proverbial. It didn't matter if it was a team, the building, the city, the state, the country the world, the universe, the galaxy, wherever else, the Red Wing fans, Wing Wheel Nation, it, that was the proverbial. 
going to be all right. I don't know what it means, but it's going to be all right. (laughs) And the payoff was just down the road, but we needed that moment. Right. So, and I say that because I felt that I've only felt that feeling twice. First time was March 26th. Second time was when Steve Eisman was, was hired as vice president and GM. So it's not when it's when we'll get there. All right, Darren, we have enjoyed our talk with you so much today. Where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and what you've got going on? Yes, Darren McCarty, the official Darren McCarty and the real Darren McCarty on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Darren McCarty 4 on Twitter. Uh, that's the one I'm active on. DarrenMcCarty.com for all your Darren McCarty needs and wants. And check me out, Woodward Sports Network. 11 to 1 daily with my boy Neil Rule on Big D Energy. I think I got everything. Awesome. Right. We will link all of those in our episode description so that our viewers can find you. That'd be awesome. I, and I appreciate it. Tell Charlie we said hello. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. I look forward, if I don't see you before, to see you in Monroe. See you in Monroe. Sounds great. Just want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to continue to help pop culture addicts grow. And we get more amazing guests like the awesome Darren McCarty to join us here today. So please subscribe. It helps more than you know. And go check out Darren McCarty on all his socials and his website as well. And remember, kids, pop culture is all around you. It influences every single part of our lives. So be sure to come back next week because we will have your fix waiting right here for you on Pop Culture Addicts. Thanks again, Darren. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, guys. Have a great night. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.